Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Rambling with Ryu. I'm Bean. And I'm Nancy. And today we have a very special guest named Fatima. She's coming out of New York. Fatima is a registered dietitian, a mom of two, and a proud quad wife. Her nutrition program empowers and educates people with paralysis to make healthier food choices so they can regain control of their weight and improve bowel issues. This is something that's so important and something we talk about every day at Ryu. And I was so excited when I found Fatima on Instagram. So Fatima, thank you so much for joining us. And we're so happy to have you here. Welcome. Thank you so much for that nice introduction. Of course. <laughs> so yeah, why don't we just get right into it? Why don't you tell us a bit more about yourself and how you got to where you are? Okay, so yes, I am a registered dietitian and I am the founder of Paralysis Nutrition, which is a program, virtual program for people living with paralysis, SCI, but also other, you know, causes of paralysis, obviously. The focus is really on weight and bowels. So when I first met my husband, he is a C67 incomplete quadriplegic, 17 years now post-accident, but I met him 10 years post-injury. So I am a post-injury wife. (laughs) There's post, I'm learning. So yeah, when I met him, I was a graduate student in nutrition and it was just shocking to me how no one had ever taught me anything in, yeah. even at the graduate level about anything really other than how to be a clinical nutritionist in a hospital. Mm-hmm. So my husband tells me about what he's experiencing. So like he's bloated or he's constipated or he's this and that. I started this program paralysis nutrition last year, and now I run a group program. So everyone in the group is living with paralysis and wants to have easier bowel movements, more frequent bowel movements, decreased bloating. And I would say like 90% want to lose weight. Everyone wants to improve their bowels. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to spend less time on the toilet and go either. I mean, some people do go, you know, every day or every other day, but going more productively is going to help you be less bloated. Uh And I think, you know, energy level too. A lot of people that I start off working with, they're like, you know, I just don't feel well. And there's a million different reasons for that. I think people just aren't getting the education, the nutrition education and guidance Mm -hmm. that they need in rehab. And that's not the dietitian's fault in rehab. They're just doing what they've been told. So I am very different. I don't have a boss. You know, I don't work in a hospital. And, And I have resources that clinical dietitians in a rehab don't have. So they're working with hospital food. They're working with supplements like Ensure. Mm-hmm. And I really, you know, sky's the limit for me for for what I can tell people in terms of, you know, foods to eat and, and behavior changes and things like that. Yeah, that's awesome. I am so grateful that you have gone down this line of work because this is so needed. And like you said, there's nobody else doing this kind of stuff. And there's so many people out there with questions and nobody has answers for us. I appreciate that. And, you know, I am just one person. When you're a dietitian, you have to do continuing education every year and all of that. And I'm always looking for something for spinal cord injury and there's literally nothing. So I do my continuation at my continuing education in like, you know, gut health and, uh, you know, behavior modification and things like that. But there's really no place to go 
for nutrition guidelines for spinal cord injury. There are some very outdated things that the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics has out there, Mm -hmm. goals for calories and things like that. But we are not machines, you know, every day we need different calories. And, and like you said, there's a lot of confusion because people are kind of looking at things that are out there, right? Like the keto diet or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're not understanding that that's not designed or meant for people with paralysis and it can be dangerous, you know, and it can be frustrating. Mm -hmm. I get a lot of people who say, I've tried everything and I still can't kind of cure this constipation, but it's like, you haven't tried everything. Mm -hmm. You've tried things that are not meant for you. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, Mm -hmm. how, how successful can that be? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I feel like most people just go based off what their medical professionals say. Right. I mean, I feel like, yes, we're in different countries. We have different systems and stuff, but the information is kind of the same. And these medical professionals don't really know, and they are governed by the businesses that they work for. And so it's hard to access this information. It's hard to find it. And quite frankly, you're kind of made to believe that there is no information out there and that what I'm telling you is correct. Yeah. And that's what's, I guess, the biggest thing that I'm out to kind of remedy because a lot of my clients come to me, they're crazy constipated and they take so many things. I call them poopy pills, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, like Miralax and the Colace and all these things. Yeah. We've been taking them since rehab. Yeah. Because that's what the rehab dietitians and doctors told them, but they're still constipated. So I'm like, you take all this stuff, but you're still constipated. Why are you taking it? I'm not against those things. I just think that it, there's more to it than that, right? For sure. So let's rewind a little bit. Why is nutrition important after spinal cord injury or paralysis of any kind? Well, I think for a million different reasons, right? So you have to eat right for your calorie needs. So most people don't realize that their calorie needs go down. So I get a lot of people who are a little irritated who say, but I work out. It's like, right, but you work out for 45 minutes in a day, a couple times a week. That doesn't make up for the loss of muscle mass so that you're burning more calories. It doesn't make up for the fact that you're in a seated position all the time. So I think figuring out how much you need to eat and how to kind of get more bang for your buck in terms of what you're eating. So let's not eat things that aren't going to help us feel good. So nutrition is important because it's something that we do every day, Mm -hmm. right? And so if you're not eating right, you will end up gaining weight or you will end up losing muscle or both, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, You'll also end up not being as independent as you can. And, you know, I am a post-injury quad wife. My husband does everything on his own minus put on his shoes. Mm -hmm. And I think that people are told in rehab that like, this is how it is. You're going to have to do it like this. And my perspective is coming from my own situation where I have a really stubborn husband who doesn't want help and works around things. And I swear people are incredulous. Like, what do you mean he's a C6, seven quad and you don't help him? And I'm like, come to my house for a week and see how it is. It's not pretty. He does everything on his own, but, and that's important to him. So independence for me is a huge thing. And I see a lot of couples in my program who are different than us. And and I think it's hard for me to sort of, I'm getting better at it, right? To sort of be objective and say, you know, he can 
you know, do a lot of these things on his own if you give him the chance. And of course, there are some people who just are are not able anymore. And we work around that to do certain things. But like, if you gain 50 pounds, 60 pounds, 100 pounds, I have clients who want to lose 100 pounds. So they can't transfer themselves. They can't shower themselves. And that's not good. You could do that stuff, or at least you could do certain things. If not those big things, you could do certain things for yourself if you maintain a healthy weight. And I think there are just a million reasons why weight is important to maintain. And if you need to lose weight, you need to eat the right way. And, and, you know, other reasons too, it's not just weight, bowels. So I get people who their weight is fine. They just don't poop for five days. So that's a problem. So we talk a lot about like gut healthy foods and how to change your diet so that you can poop easier and feel better. It can be really limiting to be stuck, constipated in your house, afraid to go out because you might have to go when you get there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So bowel health is a huge reason why it's important to eat well. Also like avoiding future health complications. So like if you're not eating enough protein, you are more likely to get like a pressure sore. Mm-hmm. And so I have people who've had like multiple flap surgeries. It really puts your life on hold and makes you really miserable when you have a skin issue. So if you want to prevent that kind of stuff, you need to eat well and practice certain healthy habits, right? Pressure releases and things like that. But also you need to eat well. and when I say future health complications, I also mean things like heart disease and diabetes. People with SCI have two times a higher incidence of diabetes. And so I don't know about you, but I don't want to add diabetes to the list of things that we deal with in this lifestyle, this paralysis lifestyle. So I think for longevity and to prevent future issues, you got to eat well and you'll feel better too, right? Like I do get sometimes women who are trying to lose weight and they're eating really restrictively, thousand calories a day. They have no energy. They can't poop. They can't do anything and they can't lose weight. <laughs> and it's like, well, because you're not eating the right way. So feeling good, you know, having enough energy. That's another reason why it's important. Yeah, all very important reasons. We talked a little bit about weight it's one of those elusive topics where people either get really hung up on it or totally avoid it altogether. But is there a reference point people can use to how much they should weigh after a spinal cord injury? You know, ugh, yes and no. I really hate the research on this. So in the general population, if your BMI is 30, you're considered to be obese. Mm-hmm. If you have a spinal cord injury, it, the number is 22. So a BMI of 22 is considered obese. Like, I hate that I even just said that, but I'm (laughs) not, I didn't make that up. That's what, I don't know who said that, but it is a, that is the number. Okay. So that's very, 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 very hard to achieve. You know, able-bodied people who, another term I heard that I, that I hate that I just said, (laughs) able-bodied. People without paralysis who, who have a BMI of 22, like, It's hard to achieve a BMI of 22. I feel like that's kind of just useless. It's a guideline that's out there. I'm here to help real people. I have parents. I have married people. I have single people who are working full time. I have my clients run the whole gamut, you know, with Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and race and, and all that kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, they just all want to 
feel good, right? And so the calorie thing is difficult and the weight thing is difficult because it's like, well, where were you at before? Mm -hmm. Like if you were overweight before and you're still overweight now, I think the number one thing would be to not gain more weight. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you look into like the medical textbooks, they'll say BMI 22. Like, okay, that's not helpful (laughs) for anyone. So I don't really know like what's a healthy weight. That's the rule. BMI of 22. And I don't agree with that. I think that if you can maintain a weight that allows you to be as independent as possible, fit in your chair. Mm -hmm. I have a client using a bariatric, who was using a bariatric chair. Mm -hmm. His regular chair was too small. And Mm -hmm. I'm very happy to say that he is back in his regular chair now. And there's room on both sides. Because before he said his, his thighs were like rubbing against the wheels and it was, he couldn't use that chair. And he hates the bariatric chair, right? Because he knows it's a, it's a bariatric chair. So it is, I think, important to eat well so that you can maintain your weight. But it's hard. It, when people are in my program, I do give them guidance on how many calories to eat and stuff. But most of my clients can't weigh themselves. So I don't even know how much they weigh, which is a little bit hilarious when you're a dietitian because it's the first thing that a clinical dietitian asks you is like, how much do you weigh? <laughs> yeah. I don't really do that. I don't really care how much you weigh. Do you feel okay? Are you pooping? Yeah. Are you able to push yourself in your chair? Are you able to do the things that you would like to do? And of course, the belly, right, comes up a lot. The belly is a complicated thing, but a lot of people lose so many inches off their belly when they start eating better. So that's a big question that we get all the time. And that's something that we talk about all the time is parabelly or quad belly. What does it mean? And does it mean that I'm obese? No, it does not mean that you're obese. Your BMI indicates obesity. I don't really, I don't emphasize BMI at all. I don't think I talk about it at all. It's funny when I do podcasts and stuff, (laughs) that's when I talk about BMI, but I never talk about it in my program. I think it's completely useless for my population. They're just trying to eat better and feel better, right? And get strong. Mm -hmm. So when you have a spinal cord injury, It might seem like no matter what you do, the belly's not going away. People start skipping meals, restricting. Mm -hmm. Your gut hates that, so that's not going to help you. But, you know, if you think about it, the quad belly or the parabelly, it's a combination of things, right? It's muscle, right? Your abdominal walls are not contracting. Mm -hmm. You're not flexing those muscles. Like people who don't have paralysis, even if they're not flexing, their muscles are controlling that abdominal wall. So when you have a parabelly, it might look like something's hanging out. It's your intestines. You know, they're not being held in by your abdominal wall. That's number one. And then the other thing is that if you're in your chair at a 90 degree angle mm-hmm. for 12, 15, 18 hours a day, your lymphatic system is not going to drain properly. Mm-hmm. You're, you're like a straw. You're bent in half. The fluid can't get through. And So it's fluid accumulation, it's your abdominal muscles. And yes, sometimes it's fat, right? It's fat, meaning like it ain't muscle. So it's a combination of things. And I think sometimes the belly is also just bloating. There's a million reasons why people are bloated, bacterial overgrowth, or it could be as simple as like you are drinking too many carbonated beverages through a straw. (laughs) You know, it could be something like that. And it's funny, I, I talk about straws. So I keep meaning to post this and I can't find a good way to say it. You really shouldn't be drinking out of straws because you end up drinking so much air. 
but I can't really say that because I have so many people who are quads who need to drink a straw, drink out of straw. So it's like, eh, it's not really helpful. So I haven't really said it on social media, but in my group program, I can say things like that because I know who can pick it up and I know who can't. So you got to be sensitive on social media, but yeah, the parabelly thing, I get it. I don't know what people are trying to do to get rid of it, but all I know is like, you know, just this morning I have a client who he, he can't weigh himself, but he measured his waist and he said it was 48 inches three weeks ago and it's down seven inches in three weeks, Wow, 41 inches now. And the, you know, there's a million different reasons for why, because yeah. he made a lot of changes. Right. So I don't know what people are doing. You know, I'm a dietitian, so my lens is very like focused. So I don't know what people are doing. Sometimes I hear things like I took fat burner pills. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're not doing anything like that. So, so I don't know what people are doing, but yes, it's possible. Yeah. I feel like people are doing what they know to do. Exactly. And the ads, like I clicked on an ad and now that's all I see is like these ab stimulating machines that like help get you a six pack from pressing a button. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Like we know those things don't work, but the ads are so good. And if you don't have that background knowledge, and if you don't have someone to ask these questions to, I can see how people would try. Yeah. And if you're desperate and depressed because your belly looks a certain way, yeah, you might invest in it. So it's like people choose what to invest in. And I think people do want a quick fix. What's the supplement? What's the thing? What what can I take? And it's mm-hmm. like, no, it's not what can you take. It's what can you eat? And what can we do? Because lifestyle habits are also a big deal. So I think something a lot of people want to know is people who join your program, do they see a reduction in their quad or parabelly? Yes. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> they do. They do. And, and I'll tell you something. I am not a magician. <laughs> I am just out here troubleshooting some things. And I'm, I'm not actually afraid to say that people say like, Oh, you're an expert. And I shy away. I'm like, Oh my God, no, like, I don't know anything. But then people like my client this morning lost seven inches in three weeks. Like what? I mean, I feel like asking him like, what's your secret? While <laughs> he's in my program. But I will say this compliancy is not something that I can measure. So when people tell me I'm doing so great, it's like, okay, well, I know you're putting in the work. Mm -hmm. I will say this. When you pay for a service, you tend to use it. I send a graduation survey at the end. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many I've gotten back, but I've gotten like at least 30, 35 maybe back. And every single person clicked yes when I said, would you recommend this program? And that doesn't mean that they thought it was perfect. Mm -hmm. I do ask all the time, like, what can I do to make it better? Like, what do you guys need? Like, for example, somebody said, it's my own fault. I wasn't able to participate. I thought that I could join a 3 p.m. Zoom call, but I really just couldn't. So that's not my fault. You agreed to it. But how do I make that better? Okay, let's do three Zoom calls a week. Anybody can just hop on anytime. Let's be a little more fluid with the schedule because nobody teaches you how to run an online program <laughs> when you're in your master's. Nobody taught me how. So I have hired a little bit of help now because I'm feeling like in order to get like really good customer service and get people what they need, like I need to focus on my clients, not so much on like 
the business, you know, like certain things that are just kind of busy work. So I added Zoom calls. I added a recipe book. So there's like 50 recipe cookbook now because people are, I guess, overwhelmed by how many recipes are out there. But again, I would never think that because I love to cook. I'm a wife. I am a mom. So I cook all the time. I always look at recipes, but people don't know what's a healthy recipe. So it's like, thank you for telling me that. So, so it's good to get feedback. And every single time someone tells me something, I really do try to kind of think, okay, they are not asking for anything crazy. They're not like, hey, come to my house and cook all my meals. <laughs> They're just saying like, no, it would have been good to have more accountability. Okay, fine. Three Zooms. Weekly check-ins that are private that you can send me a message that's not in the group. So yeah. it's like everything that I hear from them. First, you got to try not to be hurt because you're not perfect. <laughs> but then you're like, okay, the person still would recommend your program. They're just telling you how to make it better. Yeah. So I am trying really hard to come from a place of, yes, I can do that. Yes, 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 we can do that. Yeah. Um, I have three month clients now. I'm actually switching from a six week model to a three month model because okay. many, many of my six week clients, I feel like they need more time to make changes. Mm-hmm. And like a perfect example, I have a client who young woman, she has transverse myelitis. She has such bad constipation and she made all the changes, went through the six weeks And it took us five weeks or so to figure out it's still a problem. She's not seeing results. And I, like I always say, like, I'm not a magician. I have methods. Are they working for you? They work for almost everyone, but she's having a problem. Okay. So then we kind of dug deeper and she's being tested for SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. I do not offer testing because that is considered medical nutrition therapy. And I do not do that. Um, my program, it's a nutrition education program and coaching. So basically it took us a long time to figure out that she probably has SIBO. <laughs> and it's like, I couldn't have known that sooner. Mm-hmm. Like you have to go through the process. So if she was in a three month program, she would get her results back, mm-hmm. would change her diet totally to a low FODMAP diet, you know, and it would give me more time to work with her. Now, after she gets her results, she's going to, I think, enroll in the three-month program. But six weeks is just too short. Six weeks, it seems like a long time, but it's really not. So for the rest of October, I don't like to just take things away. Not everyone wants to commit to three months, and that's fine. So for the rest of October, I'm still offering the six-week group if anyone wants to join it. But after like November, I don't know what that Friday is, but whatever that first Friday of November is, mm-hmm. I can't offer it anymore because people are doing so much better in the three-month program. And so I'll figure out something to replace that with. In the meantime, it's going to just be three-month coaching. And yes, people do say they are reducing their time on the toilet. And as a wife of a quadriplegic, I understand how life-changing that is. Yeah, of course. And that they're pooping more frequently, that they feel less bloated. I have a client, I did a post on this yesterday. And sometimes I get nervous, like, can I help this person? Because... I don't know. I just don't know until we go through it. So like I had a client who said, I'm so bloated, I can't get out of bed. It's really uncomfortable being in my chair. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do my best. And I told her that too. I said, you know, we're going to do our best to figure it out. After like three or four weeks, she's up and around in her chair. And she says, the bloat, is it gone completely? No. Is she 100% compliant? No. (laughs) But compliant enough? 
that she's not spending the whole day in bed? Yes. Yeah. So that to me is just like, all right, we win. Yeah. And she'll do better and she'll keep doing better. So yeah, people are losing inches. People are going more frequently. It's hard to know if they lost pounds, Mm -hmm. but it's like, my people haven't been weighed in a few years. They don't really care. They just feel slimmer. You know, women say that their pants are fitting better. (laughs) One of my clients yesterday was like, so irritated because she bought these high-waisted pants or something. And she said, you know, three weeks ago, they didn't fit and now they fit perfect. So something is going on, right? With her gut, whether she's losing weight, we don't know, but we do know that she lost eight inches since January. Yeah. I feel like with weight, people just kind of get hung up on the number and that's people with paralysis, people without paralysis, people start to fixate on that number. And this is something like we talk about with our clients a lot too, is what's, it's what your body is composed of. Yeah. I, where are these people with paralysis weighing themselves? Cause my clients can't really do it. Unless you're going to like PT or like a rehab place or something like who has a roll on scale? Every single nursing home does. Yeah. But during COVID, you can't go into a nursing home and go weigh yourself. Well, like our rehab hospital here has a weighing clinic where you can schedule yourself. And I think it's every week or every two weeks where you can go in and weigh yourself. Um, Post COVID, I'm not sure what the restrictions are with that. Maybe it's just longer. I'm not sure. Um, And I actually talked about this with one of my other friends yesterday, but how I weigh myself is on a regular scale. I first make my mom stand on it or somebody and make sure that it's accurate. And then I put it in front of my wheelchair and I transfer down onto it. So my butt's on it. And then I bring my knees up to my chest and I hover and I don't, I keep my back off my backrest and it's a two person job and it's very, very quick. And somebody else has to look at the number while you're not touching anything else. So it's not an option for everybody, but it is a way to weigh yourself. Yeah. And then like we have a body weight support system at Ryu that has a scale in it. So we'll put somebody in a harness and we'll take them up and we'll weigh them. Oh, okay. So, cause you guys are in a facility. <laughs> My people are like in their apartment or like at their house. <laughs> it is harder to find out your weight, but if you can, it is beneficial to kind of know where you're at. It is. I guess with COVID too, I started my groups during COVID. So many of my people are not going to PC the way that they used to. A lot of people are switching to like at home PT or virtual. I don't emphasize it because people, when I ask them, how much do you weigh? The look on their faces is like, um, and I'm like, give me an approximate number. I understand. I guess I've had maybe like a small handful of clients who can stand, Mm -hmm. but they're full-time wheelchair users, but they can stand so they can get on a scale, but it's really rare. Yeah. And it is hard to get an accurate reading. Exactly. I do say nobody has to do this, but if you would like to, you can measure your waist, right? Like weight circumference is a big, big deal. And so sometimes with studies, It's not even about the weight. It's about your waist circumference. So for like metabolic disease, is your waist larger than 40 inches? That puts you at high risk. It's not based on weight. So waist circumference is a big deal and it's so much easier for people to do. I don't force anyone to do that. I don't force them to track calories, anything Mm -hmm. like that. It's up to you. I would say half of my clients are tracking macros and calories and stuff. And that's great. And it's not meant to be forever. 
it's a learning experience. You know, we don't want anyone to be tracking forever. But like, for example, my guy who lost seven inches off his belly in three weeks, I'm so proud of him. (laughs) He tracked a typical day before he started working with me. Mm-hmm. And it was almost 4,000 calories. Whoa. And he said, too, he said, it's like, it's not a typical day. Like we got, yeah. we got takeout that day, but he's yeah. like, I'm just used to eating until I'm uncomfortably full because as in his words, I'm just a piggy. You know? yeah. So it's like, it's okay to be a piggy sometimes, yeah. you know, but not often. Right. Yeah. And he just really wasn't eating the right food. So now he's hitting like 1700, mm-hmm. right? Which is so much more in line with what he needs. Yeah. And losing inches, right? So it is possible. I don't promise any results, right? Because I'm not the almighty. But I can tell you this, doctors have a really poor attitude towards mm-hmm. the belly. Things that my husband told me that his renowned doctors have said are, are really just not, not positive. Well, yeah, that's just what happens. I had a client who's told, who said their doctor, when he was kind of talking about his belly, who's being really vulnerable and saying, you know, I just have such a big gut. It just makes me, you know, feel terrible. And he was like, yeah, just buy bigger shirts. And it's like, and he said, you know, I had to laugh, but really should we be talking to people like that? No, not in this house. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, here our system states when you order somebody's wheelchair, you have to order it two inches bigger because they're going to get fat. I was told verbatim, oh, honey, you got hips and you're going to get fat. So we're going to order you an 18 inch chair. Great. You know, and so this is the whole thing. We need to change the language about this. We need to start emphasizing health and promoting health in the spinal cord injury world because up until now it hasn't been done and it drives us bonkers. And I know it drives you bonkers. (laughs) Well, yeah. And and it would be nice for me to have someone to kind of go to, to ask questions and stuff, but I don't, I don't have, sometimes I'm like, I need an adult. I need supervision. Like these people have real issues. And I, I, you know, I freak out sometimes to my husband. I'll be just be like, I don't know, you know, like, what do I tell her? And he's just like, well, do your best. And at the end of the day, I try my hardest to communicate that to people too. In the beginning, like, listen, Mm -hmm. spinal cord injury is gnarly. You could be having some stuff going on. That's why I don't do medical nutrition therapy because this is virtual. I'm offering an educational program with accountability. I'm giving you meal plans. Well, the three-month clients get custom meal plans. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm giving you this private Facebook group. You guys can ask me questions about things. I'm educating you, educating you, and supporting you and the group too. It's not Weight Watchers. It's people with paralysis. So you're not the only one who can't like, go do a hit class. You know, yeah. you're, you're in a group of people who are talking about like adaptive workouts. Yeah. So it's a lot different. And I think that sometimes can be a little bit intimidating, but every time someone tells me a success, it makes me feel more confident. Again, I'm not a magician, but that people are seeing improvements. Yeah. I think they have no idea where to start. And then I just kind of support them through these changes. And yeah, they do see results. And I like to be as upbeat as possible. All right. So let's talk about that a little bit. So so for somebody who says I'm new to this whole nutrition thing, where do I start? For somebody who's looking to make that lifestyle change, not just go on that fad diet. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, you know, you have to go back to the basics, right? 
you have to eat real food. You have to eat colorful foods. You have to make sure you get enough protein. You need to focus on more meals at home. You know, I have clients who I, you know, and now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah, okay. That's, that makes sense. People who just feel so empowered when they drive because, and I get it. My husband too, I think just loves to drive. He loves cars and things like that. Makes him feel, you know, like he's on the same playing field, right. As the rest mm-hmm. of the world when he's driving. So a lot of my clients during COVID would just like get in their car to get out of the house and just, they're going nuts. Right. Mm-hmm. And where did they go? The drive through mm-hmm. because they don't have to get their chair out of the car and go into a restaurant to do pay, to do pickup. Yeah. So it's like ending up at the Dunkin' Donuts and getting, I mean, I'm not kidding. There are drinks at Dunkin' Donuts that are 700 and 800 calories. <laughs> it's true. And I, I didn't believe it. I have interns now, nutrition, dietetic interns who are studying nutrition. And so I have them doing some research and stuff for me. And one of them mentioned that those drinks are so terrible. I'm like, yeah, but you can always kind of like, kind of tweak them. And they were like, yeah, but when you're starting off with 800 calories, and I was like, no way. They said, yes, they have these drinks made of like cream and syrups. And it's basically like, go have an ice cream sundae. Like, so yeah, I mean, I think that when you want to start eating healthy, you got to start getting educated. So you have to start reading food labels, mm-hmm. you start seeing what is in your meal that you order from your favorite place. Like, are you eating enough? of the good stuff and less of the not so good stuff. So for someone who is new to it, I would say like, if you're really new to it, you don't even need specific for spinal cord injury. You just need like a regular healthy diet, which is going to be colorful and mostly eaten at home and going to have sufficient protein, not too many carbs. Everyone eats too many carbs and there's nothing wrong with carbs. It's just people eat way too many of them and not enough protein. Is this all the stuff that you talk about in your program, like reading how, learning how to read a nutrition label yeah, and learning about what a carb is, what protein is, how it affects your body and stuff, what, how, what kind of fats to eat? Because these are the things that people are so confused about. Right. So I always have to try to be as accessible as I can. And in the beginning, when I started my group program, I think I went in too much to like the science of like, this is how a carb is absorbed by your body. And people were just kind of glazing over. And they were like, can I have pancakes? <laughs> I'm like, yes, you will have a pancake. You must also have eggs. Switch your bacon to turkey bacon. Stop drinking freaking orange juice and focus on what you're, what you're eating and pay attention. Because a lot of people are just not paying attention. I'm not here to get anyone obsessed mm-hmm. or get them stressed you know, and I try really hard to emphasize, like, listen, the point of this program is for you to have less stress around food, less stress around your health and empower you to make healthy changes so that you can feel better. Mm -hmm. So yes, the whole thing is education, but I'm trying now to give more. And again, based on feedback, I only have my own mind, right. To rely on. And so the more groups I do, the better it's getting. And so the first group was like, I forget, I think it was in like May. And someone was like, I would like more snack ideas. And I'm like, oh, did I not give you enough? So then I went through and was like, okay, mm-hmm. let's add, you know, these educational modules mm-hmm. that are recorded and it's like in a teachable course. And so 
I added some information on that. Or like, hey, it took me like two months to get a vegetarian. <laughs> and then the vegetarian was like, I need a list of non-meat proteins. And I'm like, okay, here it is. Or like just adding things that to me, I don't think of these things. Like yeah. as, as I run groups, as I start understanding, like the accountability thing. The guy who said I could have used more accountability, he was in a group that met once a week. So now we have three Zooms. I don't think anybody comes to all three. Mm, not so far, but they'll come to like two. And I try my best to kind of keep a, a loving atmosphere and very open. Some people want to lose weight. Some people want to gain muscle. Everyone wants to improve their bowels. And being a group of people who are supportive and understand, it was like the cutest thing yesterday. I have a guy who I'm not treating his pressure ulcer because that's medical nutrition therapy. He has one. And so he has my protein and he mentioned it. And one of my other, one of the other group members was like, hey, you know, I have like, three huge boxes of Juvin and I'm not using them, I'll send them to you. And I was like, yes, this is what it's about. So it's just, it's fun how they support each other. That's awesome. I want to go back to some of the things that are gnarly about having a spinal cord injury, mm. such as pressure sores and bone degeneration, neurogenic in your bladder, neurogenic bowel. Are there any specific recommendations for using nutrition to aid in the healing of any of these? Well, yeah, I mean, pressure wounds, the number one thing is protein and supplementation. So I get people who either had one in the past or they're scared to get one. And I offer education like you got a stage two, you need this much protein per kilogram of body weight. You got a stage four. This is what you need. And they do their own numbers because it literally takes five seconds. The number one thing for a pressure sore would be protein. And then that will help you heal the wound. And if you have a stage one, you're way more likely to heal that than a stage three mm -hmm. or four. So start early. And then the supplements, right? So there are supplements that can aid in the healing of the pressure wound. And then for like neurogenic bladder, there is research on things like cranberry and D-manos and mm -hmm. supplements like that that are helpful. And also just like people don't drink water. They're drinking Diet Coke all day. So it's like that's a problem. So for neurogenic bowel, I mean, yeah, diet is everything. Stress management, all these things are important. And I think people just rely on Colace and Miralax mm -hmm. and they think that's going to do it, but it's not. And then you said, what was the other thing you said? Neurogenic? Uh, bone health. Oh, bone health. Yeah. I mean, I get people who eat zero calcium in an entire day in the beginning because they're not eating any dairy because some fad diet told them dairy is bad. Okay, I'm glad you said fad diet. Let's uh, talk a little bit about keto. Because I have a bunch of people who, I mean, keto is really trendy, and it has been for the last few years. Um, I went to a spinal cord injury conference where there was a speaker who has spinal cord injury. And he said that keto totally changed his life. He lost weight, he was gaining more sensation and stuff like that. So that leads people to want to try these things. But is it healthy? Does it work? Like, what are your thoughts on this? It wasn't really designed for people with paralysis. Can you just dive into that a little bit more? Yeah. So keto is a disaster for SCI. Disaster. Hot, hot, hot mess express. So you have to be really careful. And that's the thing. It's like, I think people listen to other people, right? Who are not professionals. 
So it's like your brother's friend lost 40 pounds doing keto. He doesn't have a spinal cord injury. So you can't eat a high, high, high protein diet like that when you have SCI because um, your kidneys are going to get destroyed. People with SCI have a higher risk of renal disease. So they can't go eating 140 grams of protein a day or whatever, even higher than that. That's crazy. Um, I have had people who have tried it and they felt terrible. One of my clients lost 30 pounds doing keto and then gained 40 back because it's completely unsustainable. Her hair was falling out in clumps. Oh, no. Yes. And she was completely malnourished because she wasn't eating any fruit. <laughs> like, what is this diet? I feel really strongly about sound, evidence-based stuff. Mm -hmm. For example, acupuncture. I love acupuncture for myself, for my husband, but that's not my scope of practice. So I can't tell my clients, hey, you should do acupuncture. I can't do that because that's not my scope. So even though it's probably harmless, I'm just sticking to my, my scope, right? And I think that trainers and chiropractors and whoever else, they need to stick to their scope too. Because if you don't know about spinal cord injury and nutrition, you shouldn't be talking to people about it. And I will say this too, keto will make you crazy constipated. You're not eating any fruit. You're not going to poop. If you're not eating any carbs, you're not going to have energy. So it's, it's just, I think that people want to do the next big thing and mm -hmm. it's not for you. It's not, it's not for people with paralysis. Yeah. And I think people are going for that quick fix though, too. They're saying, well, people without paralysis are getting these results this quickly. I can do it too. Yeah. No matter who the person is, they are always going to want a quick fix. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So keto is not good for SEI. And I also just think weight cycling is terrible. So where you lose weight, but then you gain it all back. It's not just hard on your body. It's hard on your mind. Like the woman I had who lost 30 pounds, you know how hard she worked to deprive herself to stick to keto? It was really, really hard for her. Mm -hmm. And she ended up gaining all the weight back. I've had people like on social media, they just, like if I post about keto, every single time I post about keto, I get people responding to me saying that, oh, I tried it for a little while and then I had like fecal impaction or I tried it and I got so many kidney stones. People keep telling me that they're getting kidney stones when they do keto. Mm -hmm. Also not having enough energy because you're not eating any energy giving carbs. And that's a problem. You're also eating probably way too much fat because it's not like people on keto are just eating like lean chicken breast. <laughs> no, not at all. And all kinds of really high saturated fat foods. So it's not sound, you know, anything that's too extreme. Like I do get vegetarians. I do not recommend a vegetarian diet because I think it's a challenging diet to do the right way. Yeah. It can also be really expensive for people. And it's not something that I'm for or against. I can work with it, but I'll tell you it's extreme, right? It's like no meat ever. And keto is like no carbs ever or like a ratio of like one carb to four. But like, I don't even know what it is. I just know that in practice, people don't eat the right way on both sides of the spectrum. So like I have a vegetarian who said she was eating 400 grams of carbs a day. That's very, very high. And she was eating like 10 grams of protein a day. That's mm -hmm. very, very, very low. 
So it's like, it's interesting because vegetarians are supposed to eat vegetables, but they end up eating a lot of like rice and cheese, you know, and they don't focus on their plant-based proteins. And it's actually a really good time to be a vegetarian, I think, because there's all these really tasty alternatives out there. I try to go for the ones that are higher quality. I don't like the the GMO soy and stuff like that. Like Oka, for example. But you know, it's not something that I'm here to tell someone like, don't be a vegetarian. It's just like, yeah. let's ask, why are you a vegetarian? And if the if the answer is, I don't want to eat animals, I'm really invested in animal warfare. Perfect. Let's talk about how I can help you get what you need nutrition wise with the list of foods that you are are willing to eat. Perfect. Mm -hmm. But if you're someone who's vegetarian because your mom was a vegetarian, that's probably not a good reason for you to be a vegetarian now that you're an adult and you have spinal cord injury. Or if you are a vegetarian because you think it's healthier, that's actually not really a good reason because I feel like unless you have a morality or, you know, religious, obviously there's a lot of people who don't eat meat because it's their religion. I feel like the religion thing and the animal welfare thing are the two that I am not even going to say anything about. I'll just say, perfect. I respect you. I agree with you. Let's move forward. But if you're a person who just thinks it's healthier or I watched a documentary, let's not. You can be a vegetarian, you know, you can eat meat sometimes um, just so that you can find a sustainable way to get what you need nutrition wise. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think that's coming to the end of our time, Fatima. So thank you so much for talking to us. And I think Bean had a couple more things to say. Yeah. Thank you so much, Fatima. I, you know, I learned a lot talking to you and I hope our listeners and our clients um, can learn a lot talking to you too. I know I've referred quite a few people towards your program and I know two of my friends are taking your program and I love that. And they have so many good things to say about you and your program. Um, so please continue doing what you're doing and hopefully we can continue to grow this and really change the view of nutrition and paralysis recovery. So thanks so much. We really value your education, your knowledge, and your vulnerability. And for you to say that you are not an expert, I think that makes you a valuable expert and somebody who always is wanting to learn more and using their clients as a textbook. So I really value everything you say and I'm very grateful to have you as a guest on our podcast. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I love to um, talk about nutrition, my favorite topic about, you know, you know, people with paralysis, my favorite people. <laughs> so my favorite topic about my favorite people. Um, I appreciate it. So thanks again for listening. We will have another episode coming at you in two weeks. And please don't forget to subscribe to Rambling with Ryu wherever you listen to podcasts. And please rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts as that helps us grow our reach and allows us to spread our message further. Thank you so much for listening. See you in two weeks. <laughs>